Red Zone, Red Zone, Red Zone. What's good? What's cracking? What's happening? I am back with an episode of Cad This, Cad That. Um, this is probably in the entirety of my podcast series, which has been stretched out over a few seasons and a few cycles. Probably episode number five, based on my count. Um, looking forward to getting into the launch of the upcoming season. 66. That is a little bit of a scary number. You add one more six there and you got some major satanic worship happening in this league, which would probably upset no one, um, especially considering our league commissioner praises Satan himself and will maybe say hail Lucifer when he listens to this. All that to be said, here we are. We are getting ready to dive into a little bit of a recap uh, some predictions, obviously, in a kind of standard format, thinking about what's to come in season 66. Excited to also give a couple of takes on just things I'm noticing around the league. Um, I would say, first and foremost, this cycle has been really fun. And so I think for people who've been engaged and watching closely, you'll see that there has been an uptick in media. Obviously, things fluctuate with life. Um, shout outs to those folks who've been consistent and very steadfast in their commitment. Um, you know, the Ticos, the Spittas, the Blueprints, the Moji, the uh, Pats, I guess, because Moji carries them on that podcast. Um, to everybody who's just putting out quality content, I appreciate y'all. Um, there's definitely some of us, I would say myself included, who could do a better job of putting out content more frequently. Uh, but it's not always how much content you put out, it's the quality of the content. So for those folks who space it out but contribute something that's thoughtful, um, I saw a great write-up earlier from IJ. Um, I saw that piece last night. I briefly skimmed through it uh, on Boone from Jake, which was a funny read. Um, yeah, I really appreciate folks who just take the time to invest in the league. Uh, at the end of the day, it makes everybody's experience better. It encourages new guys to also start to kind of find their voice and their niche uh, in media contribution. And it just makes the people who aren't carrying their weight feel a little shitty um, if they're not completely uh, remorseless pieces of shit. So anyways, shout outs to everybody who is engaging. Appreciate y'all for the contributions. So let's talk about season 65. I got to go ahead and first and foremost, give my congratulations uh, to Remesu. I might fuck his name up. I hope to hell I'm not fucking it up. I don't know why I can never say Remesu's name correctly. Maybe it's Remisu. I really hope it's not Remisu and I got it right. I always just read the shit, you know, how often I listen to it. Um, I guess I do listen to the pod. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Congratulations, my dog. You took the Cardinals uh, after a couple of seasons of disappointing playoff exits. You made your run. Uh, and from what I understand, this is your first Super Bowl championship. It is well-deserved. You earned it. You built an amazing team uh, that I have the unfortunate kind of dire um, expectation to have to play twice a year, which I never look forward to uh, just because of how stacked that team is and how well you understand your guys and how to put them in a position to win. But you're a great user. You deserve it. I'm happy for the NFC West that now puts us um, at two titles and ultimately is making me feel like I'm competing with champions. So 
selfishly, this is good because when I have six and ten seasons, I can point towards losses where I'm saying, hey, at least it's coming to champions and not just, you know, fucking bums. So congratulations. I hope you are host, hosting up your trophy somewhere, counting your victories. Um, that is a hell of an accomplishment. And I know after so many years in the league, it must feel like, damn, you finally made it to the mountaintop. I'm going to start with my season 65 recap. Uh, I'm going to lead with who I was most impressed by across the conferences and then close out with some of the teams that I was disappointed in. My opinions are my own. I think that should go without stating. If you don't like them, you can go fuck yourself. Um, you can DM me angry things. I will probably giggle like a little tee hee 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 um, or laugh or just ignore you. Either of those options are available to me. You get to be in choice about if you like these opinions or if you don't. Um, if you enjoy them, please do tweet that you are excited that I'm back in the podcast game. Uh, you can use hashtag cat this cat that uh, to demonstrate your fandom. So all fans are appreciated. I also am setting up an OnlyFans account. So if you want to subscribe for exclusive content, I will drop that link so you know where to find me. Okay, so here we are. I would say my top three teams that surprised me in the AFC. I got to start with the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Las Vegas Raiders, they had a wonderful season, 13-3. and If you watched some of those streams, it really seemed like even bringing in Gleason, the rookie quarterback, who I wasn't very high on when he got drafted. I mean, not just the normal dev. The stats aren't uh, the attributes, I should say aren't unimpressive. I just wasn't blown away. Now, perhaps people know more uh, than I know about Tico's kind of gameplay style, his history in the league. But when I saw Gleason get drafted, I didn't say, wow, this is going to take this clearly tanking team uh, to a contending team. Uh, So Tico had made it clear the season before he was going to go out and get his quarterback replacement. Didn't put much, couldn't put forth much effort Uh, and trying to succeed in season 64. But he goes, he gets Gleason. Uh, He has an amazing team around him. If you look at just some of the weapons that he has comprised, you got to say Josh Josh Jacobs is a power back. Uh, He is a guy that you can just run, run, run. Uh, 266 attempts, or carries, I should say. Um, That trucking ability, I would have thought, would be higher based on Uh, just the way you see him out there on the field in Madden, but he does have the bulldozer ability as well as the reach forward ability. So when you factor all that in, you're more than likely on those short down situations uh, to be able to give the ball to Josh Jacobs, get a first down, continue your drive. That will always set users up for success. Um, Third and four, third and three, uh, short second down situations. You can power through, get you another set of downs. Um, to kind of keep driving down the field. Um, So obviously, I think people have focused in on uh, the kind of Henry Ruggs X-Factor ability over 1,700 yards, 18 touchdowns (laughs) this season uh, from Ruggs. That's insane. So if I'm understanding the rule correctly, uh, the next highest reception count uh, from Darren Waller is four TDs, Robert Woodson with three. It'll be Interesting to see how the commissioners rule on that. Uh, Again, I don't know much about rules. That's not my expertise or 
area <laughs> where I tend to focus in on my time. No, I'm just kidding. I do understand the rules, I think. Maybe. Debatable. We'll see what happens with uh, Henry Ruggs going into um, season number 66. There's quite a discrepancy there in touchdowns. There is not uh, a huge discrepancy, in my opinion, between the other kind of receptions across the board. So I don't have the rule book open right now. If I was Tico, I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, If you think about what Tico was able to do on the defensive side of the ball, number one in points allowed. Um, So to be able to keep his opponents to only 15 points a game, um, to be able to be in the top 10 uh, on yardage gain, passing yards, rushing yards, just an amazing season. It is unfortunate that it came uh, to an abrupt ending uh, in the playoffs. I was hoping that Tico would get uh, more of a run in the playoffs. Uh, I'm personally a fan of Tico. That's my dog, Big Unk. Uh, I like the guy. I think that... All right, I think I got cut off there, but going to keep going at it. Uh, I would say the second most surprising team, just kind of reviewing, and it feels odd to say this out loud, knowing uh, how good of a football team this is in real life. But if you think about this current cycle, um, they have underperformed based on preseason expectations and kind of the hype around the team. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think people have talked about the Kansas City Chiefs at great length, so I don't feel the need to really dive in and probe too deeply on what it is that they did well. It doesn't take a fucking, uh, you know, football expert. It doesn't take um, intense kind of data analysis to just understand that this team is fucking stacked with weapons. (laughs) You have 299 overall players in Tyreek and Patty. Um, between that combination right there, most good users would be able to do numbers. You add in Travis Kelsey, you add in um, Clyde, you got a lot of folks that I think at any given time uh, afford you the opportunity to switch up your kind of scheme on offense um, and to be able to be very versatile with who you're going to target and what weaknesses you're going to attack Uh, in an opposing team's defense. So how the fuck do you cover this team? I do not know. Uh, For those who do know, please do let me know for the next time that I play them. I'm really hoping that by then um, the Chiefs will have had to, based on 3-1 casualties, 3-plus-1 casualties, had to have moved some people, and that I'll be seeing an entirely different team. Um, But yeah, congratulations to T-Spitta. I thought that you had a wonderful season. You did, uh, you did what you were expected to do, and I'm looking forward to seeing how you roll into season number 66. Last but certainly not least in the AFC, I would say um, the next team that lived up to expectations and that I was kind of happy to see flourish, um, at least through the regular season, was the Tennessee Titans. So Rock has kind of become my unofficial favorite trading partner, um, but this is not a biased review. Uh, I would just say to do what he did after losing Derrick Henry, uh, having multiple rushing violations, having several folks swapping in and out at the QB position to go 10 and 6 to make the playoffs, um, you know, I, I would just say it was impressive. And I think he's been good all cycle. So it shouldn't be a surprise um, per se. But to be able to show up consistently, to be able to make the pieces that you have available to you work. Um, He was fourth overall in the league in points scored 
Uh, if you look at his defense, there's definitely some work uh, intending to that side of the ball that I imagine he will be doing um, using the draft that's available to him. Um, and as he thinks about building his team and rescheming up what he needs to do to be competitive in that AFC South. Uh, so definitely appreciate uh, seeing Rock compete at a consistent level um, and being able to do it week in and week out, even as he kind of changes some significant personnel pieces. So that's it for the AFC, just on my recap and reflections of teams that I was happy to see flourish, as well as teams that kind of shocked me. Um, with guys like Moji at 13-3, and three, with Pat, uh, who's actually become kind of season in and season out, uh, top-tier performer in the AFC. With guys like Aston, I expect Aston to win the Super Bowl every other season, damn near. So it's been surprising not to see him. Um, competing at that level. But I imagine we got another five to six seasons left. We'll start to see those Broncos popping up, making deep playoff runs, uh, and really starting to gel. Um, Aston just understands Madden in a way that is few and far between. So those guys, I think they get enough kudos. Uh, Pat definitely gets enough slander, so I'm not going to go into his gameplay or his approach uh, to the game. Just keep at it, Pat. Uh, you had, a, you had a, I think, more than enough cooks in the kitchen talking about what you're doing wrong. So it's not really my place of all people's uh, to pile on on you there. Disappointing teams. I would say who disappointed me this year. Um, I've been looking forward to seeing more out of my man, Glenn. And so I'm a little sad to see that he hasn't been able to compete a little bit more in the AFC East. Six and 10 for Glenn, though, is kind of a win. And I say that begrudgingly. It's it's now, I think, coming up on that period in his red zone tenure where we start to see, is this guy going to be able to make a leap? Is he going to be able to go from bottom tier to middle tier? And we've seen some flashes of brilliance. I think we've seen two victories over Aston. We've seen him beat Adele. We've seen him beat guys like Weed. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know someone will. Um, but he's beat some good users. And so once you start to get wins uh, against good users under your belt, no matter how uh, few and far between they are for an outsider looking in, it gives a guy the confidence that you need to say, you know what? Fuck this. I can compete. These guys are not inherently just leaps and bounds um, better than me on any given Sunday. And that's the emphasis that you really want to prioritize um, is any given Sunday. Breaks can happen in a game. Um, you can figure out something that works that your opponent didn't either scout um, or expect you to bring out. You can add in new p personnel pieces that give you a certain level of kind of dynamic um, football for you to play. And, and, and that feels that feels like where Glenn is going to have to stumble into if he wants to make that leap is to start trying out some new things aside from his slant and go favorites. Um and to start actually being a little bit more calm in the pocket, which, again, if you watch those streams, you'll see some flashes of it. Uh, he still has, like we all do, our tendencies um, and the kind of things that you like to fall back on when you start to get uncomfortable. And I'm going to be really um, looking forward as the cycle moves towards conclusion to see if Glenn will be able to shake that. Great guy. Um, enjoy him in the league. He definitely carries his own weight. He plays this game. So fuck anyone who says otherwise. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed to see that this season he didn't make 
that leap, especially after some some big victories. Um, what's going on with the Houston Texans? And so Metal, I've heard a lot of talk about him as a user um, since I entered the league. And I'm just curious to know what the strategy or what the kind of vision is for this team. They are pretty much, when you think about the defensive side of the ball, uh, bottom two-thirds of the league as it pertains to the numbers that they're putting up to allow 106 rushing yards a game, but then not be able to stop um, you know, passing uh, to, to have such a high number of yards put up on you every single week. That can be deflating, taking it, take it from someone who knows. But he is able to keep folks out of the end zone based on his numbers. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I watch a lot of Texans games. That sounds so undesirable. I would have to stay up. Actually, I'm on the West Coast, so it wouldn't be that bad for me. I'm just putting it on thick right now. Nonetheless, I'm not watching a lot of Texans games by 930 if I'm not playing Madden. I'm somewhere clipping my toenails, maybe reading a book, maybe drinking a smoothie, maybe having a oat milk latte. Who knows? But uh, I'm not tapped in to most of the Texans games. So I can't say that I have dissected what Metal likes to do, what he doesn't like to do, what works against him per se. But I'm surprised he's not having a little bit more success in the league. He did have that one season where he had the kind of uh, Phoenix level rise back from the ashes to come back and make the playoffs. So that was pretty cool to see. And I know he's in a competitive division, Jake, Pat, Rock. It's like, shit, man, can I get a fucking break? Uh, Again, take it from personal experience. When you're in a competitive division, that shit can really wear on you um, when you are losing. But when you're winning, it feels fucking great. So I'm hoping that Metal will be able to bounce back and that we'll see more from him because I do think that he is a pretty good user by all accounts. And I've played him before and had a ton of fun. Um, I think he definitely knows Madden. And so just a little shock there. Last but certainly not least, um, I'm just curious to see what Blueprint is going to do with the Baltimore Ravens. So coming into the season, I think he was 12 and four the first season. Um, And since then, we haven't seen a lot as it pertains to like postseason runs. And obviously he caught a lot of flack for the Lamar trade. Personally, wouldn't have traded Lamar Jackson if most of my family's life depended on it. I'm just kidding. Sorry if any of my family members listen to this. (laughs) But uh, Lamar is one of those like once in a lifetime players. That being said, Bill Harris is pretty nice. I played the guy. Uh, He has some skills that I feel like make him definitely a guy you can rally behind. Uh, A lot of folks have talked about how that was mostly a cap move. Um, And so I can understand the rationale. Do I have to agree with it? No, Uh, but it's not my team. But I think more importantly, just really curious to see what Blueprint is going to be able to do. If you looked at that division and you just took a guess every year, you would probably say, based on the users in the division with him, that should be Blueprint's division, right? Um, And that's no shade to you know, Neville over at the Browns, there's no shade to King John at the Steelers. It is totally and entirely 1000% shade for Andy. That guy fucking sucks. I mean, wow, he stinks. He's horrible, putrid, 
somebody to take this guy to Madden school, whatever that shit is called, Madden University, YouTube, anything. This guy fucking sucks. Nah, I'm just kidding. Andy's pretty good. He's gotten much better. We had a great game. I just like to rag on him. I don't even know why I like to rag on Andy. That's neither here nor there. I am disappointed that I haven't seen more uh, playoff appearances from Blueprint, that I haven't seen more from the Ravens um, as far as being competitive and being kind of one of those top AFC contenders. That doesn't mean I'm ruling it out. Uh, The team still looks pretty damn good. He's got, um, if you think about some of his better players, Patrick McQueen, or Patrick Queen, Marcus Brown, uh, when he made the trade for Malik Hooker, um, there's still some solid young cats. Now, the team was kind of old, so he's been steadily trying to get younger and younger. He goes and gets rid of Mark Andrews, gets Paul Wilson. Um, he's got that new cat, Fox, who gave me the fucking business. Um, and then he's got J.K. Dobbins as well as a backup back. So uh, he's got a lot of young talent. And I would look forward to seeing him flourish in the future. I was disappointed this season, but by no means am I ruling out the chance or the prospect of Blueprint to be a top tier competitor in the AFC uh, going forward. All right, before I move into talking about the NFC, who impressed me, um, who I was a little disappointed by, I am going to just go ahead and give a couple of takes on some things around the league as it pertains to gameplay. And who am I to talk about gameplay? I mean, I'm a mid, kind of middle of the pack, mid-tier user. Don't Definitely don't think I'm top shelf. Definitely know I have elevated from that Reggie. I'm not that, that booth. But I'm somewhere, you know, I'm like a $20 eighth at a dispensary that's kind of in the hood, but damn near the hood is being gentrified. So that's that's basically who I am in this league. Know thyself. Um, I can compete with good users. More often than not, there are some users that I expect to give me the business, to give me the blues. I expect to beat most of the bottom tier guys. So, yeah, I'm pretty middle of the pack. I'm hoping that that changes by the end of this cycle. But like I said, self-awareness is one of the hallmarks of leadership um, and is also extremely important when you are anointing yourself to do a podcast. So rollouts happen pretty often in this league. And of course, Kaz going to talk about rolling outs. Oh yeah. You know, I got the transformers big, uh, Mr. Autobot, uh, whatever you want to fucking call me, Mr. Megatron, who cares? You know, I've changed my gameplay though, because of what I thought was a prevailing symptom, uh, sentiment of like rolling out equals cheesy. But then I go and watch people's streams. Pro tip for those who aren't doing it. Watching streams is extremely important for understanding this league, whether it's going to lead you to success or not. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. I don't think watching streams in itself is going to make you a better user, but it does help. Um, In the seasons where I have succeeded, it's because I was tuning in to other people's streams. I was scouting opponents, blah, blah, blah. If you have the time, if you can carve it out, do it. Watch people's streams. It will help you out ahead of time. So I'm watching other people's streams, and I see a lot of users who roll out. I mean, I play in the NFC West. It feels like Jim might be, and sometimes he will do it. Uh, He might be the only user who is not leaving the pocket as often as they're staying in it, right? And so 
I do think it's important for us to have more of a league-wide discussion on the difference between a rollout to the sideline, stand there until the AI breaks down versus evading pressure, throwing on the run. Some quarterbacks, as BP himself said, uh, have that God-given talent bestowed upon them um, to be mobile quarterbacks. And so that means that they can scramble across the line of scrimmage. It means that they can throw on the run. It means that they don't live in the pocket. Now, I'm very curious to know how seriously upset do people get when you have an opponent who's rolling out 30% of their downs, 50% of their throwing plays, um, especially as we've now introduced user DL. And I'm the worst offender at this. So I love to do the user DL combo with a spy. And of course, it makes sense that a guy is going to want to get out of the pocket. He's got pressure coming from one side. He's got a spy on the other. Uh, you know, he's trying to shake shit up. He don't know what to do right there. And usually, more often than not, the spy is all I need. Um, if the spy can get to him quick enough, then victory. I've got that motherfucker trapped. If I can generate the pressure, then he doesn't want to run towards that spy. Then I get the sack. Bam. Uh, and I'm doing that against mostly guys I know like to get out of the pocket as soon as they see you rushing with the user defender, whether or not you've beaten the offensive lineman or not. So I'm just so curious about, you know, what it will take for us to come up with some kind of consensus of the difference between cheesy and smart, because sometimes I feel like uh, we conflate the two in a way that's totally not fair to users across the board. Um, we get frustrated and I'm again, one of these folks, I'll get frustrated. I'll see somebody rolling out and I'm like, man, motherfucker, God damn it. Just let me hit you. Just stay right there, dog. Let me just get this sack. Let me just get one. Um, and that's not fair to me, right? Like, why would I expect them to just lay down, just put the controller down, let me sack them. Right. So I think that that's one of the things that I'm always going to be intrigued by, especially because I love mobile QBs. I don't ever want to have to play without mobile QBs. People know my MO. If it comes down to a mobile QB that can't throw that deep, uh, that's not the most amazing guy in the pocket, I'm always going to choose that athleticism. Um, and I think that um, if you think about some of our folks that we expect uh, to continue to contend, Remesu just proved it. Kyler Murray is a dominant factor. Jalen Hurts isn't the most mobile guy. Adele actually is pretty good with um, only evading pressure when he has to. So I don't think that Adele rolls out a lot, a lot. But he'll get out of the pocket as well when it makes sense. Um, I do wonder what the line is between rollouts, being cheesy, and evading pressure. And before folks say, oh, the Insta rollout thing, I'll cut the shit. There are folks that I've seen that I won't go through a name that do Insta rollouts when they see user DL and that that's just is what it is. So the user DL kind of tips the scales, in my opinion, for the justification of getting out of the pocket. That's my kind of first take. And obviously, if you know me, you know that I was going to talk about that. Camera lock. This is one that's been coming up in chat, and I think it hasn't been taken as seriously as it should. So shout-outs to Remesu, shout-outs to whomever else. Um, I think JP has been a fan in the past of this idea. Uh, I'm going to try and play a good majority of my downs on camera lock this season just to test out um, how it helps me, first and foremost, at user D-line and at linebacker, kind of stay in my zone, um, 
to play my gaps at linebacker, I imagine that it's actually going to be pretty damn helpful um, in some instances. Um, you will not expect me to be playing, you know, deep uh, third coverage as a safety. I can't fucking play safety anyways. Every time I play safety, I end up face palming. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Why did I even make that decision? What was going through my stupid fucking mind to make me want to play safety? That is insane. That's crazy that I had that thought and that I left my that I did not switch before the ball was snapped. So anyways, if you see me at safety, you know, just go for it. And I hope people do that because this might give me a chance to now get a couple more gimme uh, easy interceptions. But for the most part, I'm I'm pretty trash at safety. Again, know thyself, people. Know thyself. Camera lock would be, in my opinion, really, really intriguing for us to do maybe the final season, the second to last season, the kind of enforced, even if it was just like every, both players stream, you have to do half your downs on camera lock. I would love to see what positions people went to, how they started to play their zones, what it just did for the game. Because this whole idea of even folks who play linebacker and like you have eyes in the back of your head as a defender, uh, and I use the blimp cam, so I get the advantages of being able to see the whole field. Well, the the potential advantages, I should say, because shit doesn't help me that often. But I get the advantages of it. Um, I wonder what it would do. And I do think it would level the playing field for some of these folks who are more like seasoned Madden players versus newer guys. I think it closes the gap somewhat um, just because I think camera lock forces a different orientation to how you're on the sticks, the game mechanics. I feel a little bit different in my opinion. Obviously they're not different, but the perspective that you're looking at the player makes it feel different. Um, And so I would love to see that. I would love to see camera lock being implemented last, but certainly not least uh, audibling your defenders. So I have, it's come to my attention via a couple conversations. Folks are, folks are hit. Like I said, I audible that uh, I, I will audible or route my ends, um, to play QB spy pretty damn often when I'm facing a mobile quarterback or fuck there, if they're mobile, just somebody who I know as a user likes to get out of the pocket when they see pressure, don't see pressure, just see you on the D line is a better way to frame that. Personally, I feel nothing is wrong with that. If a guy is going to want to look to get out of the pocket, I'm going to want to look to have a response to that. Now, I'm not a huge, like, take a blitzing a defender and route that. I'm not a route a guy uh, into double teaming most wide receivers. I, whether that's more advanced routing or it just doesn't work for me, I, I haven't evolved that far. But I've noticed that there are definitely users who come up with hot routes on defense, sometimes proactively like they just like that right so it doesn't matter what the other player is doing they just do it because it makes them feel safer it covers certain areas of the field that they've been having troubles covering on certain different types of plays that are coming their ways whatever the case may be and then there are some guys who do it because they notice their opponent's tendencies which makes a lot of sense if a guy is going to drag you to death and you call coverage schemes that aren't quite getting the job done throw in that extra hot route because you're anticipating a drag 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 and maybe you get a pick, pick six on one of those plays every 10 downs. I don't know. Um, now, what's kind of lame is, again, I think the former of the two, just doing it because you're comfortable or it has become habitual. Um, but when you are doing it as a response to something that the offensive team is running over and over and over or something that you know 
an offensive team or a user is going to call in certain down situations, third and long, uh, you know, fourth and short. That's also become a new thing that's happening a lot. This league, a lot more going for it on fourth and two, fourth and three. Um, I personally do not hold it against folks for routing to try and set their team up. Um, I think the one that was coming up was Pat was routing his middle linebacker to deep third coverage. I saw that quite a lot. And, you know, huh, I think that it helped him out a lot. So uh, some folks were upset by that. It takes away some things on the field that he clearly didn't want to give his opponents. But Jake had a good point in chat. He's saying, well, if, if he just did that and then he didn't play so loose on his own coverage, then it'd be fine because then you can make the right read. You pretty much get a guaranteed completion, guaranteed first down. I'm not going to go into, again, scrutinizing people on how they play their zones. It's like, what? Uh, there goes the kettle calling the pot black. But, all right, I think I got cut off there, but at a good transition point. So those are some of my takes on what I'm seeing gameplay-wise. I do hope that we will give the camera lock thing more serious consideration. I know it upset some folks, but shit. Things upset people, uh, whether it's QB carries not being counted, whether it's distribution rules, blah, blah, blah. Let's just introduce something spicy and exciting as we go through the final current gen game of Madden, right? I mean, we're moving to next gen, folks. So why, if not now, then when? Do we start next gen with camera lock? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Something to think about if you're a commissioner. Fortunately, I don't have those problems. I get to say shit. I get to cook up half-baked ideas and then say, Dale, JP, take this and make a five-star meal out of it. You know, wow, what a luxury. What a fucking luxury. Okay, moving on to the NFC. Here's how I feel about teams that I was impressed with in the NFC. That surprised me that I'm happy to see win. Uh, I buy I think it goes without saying, but I'm for some reason going to say it. I fucking hate the Niners. I wish that they never, uh, I wish that Ernest would have never been awarded them. I'm still upset with Adele. Adele said, oh, why is Cat off the blood? It's because I remembered that Ernest and I re-entered the league at the same time, and the Seahawks and the Niners were both available, and he gave Ernest the Niners. I mean, it's like, wow, wow, wow. So, yes, I'm bitter. I'm sour. I'm upset about that. So I'm not happy that they are succeeding in our Madden League. Um, if it was anyone else than other Ernest that got that team, maybe I'd be excited to play them twice a season. But uh, Ernest is really good. He understands how to play Madden. He frustrates the hell out of me. And I'm not saying it because he's lame or cheesy or anything like that. He's just a frustrating user to play. Um, but we have had some fun games. And I do prefer when Ernest is drinking, like when he's really drunk, because then he'll mess up when he's playing cornerback. So, Ernest, please drink before you play me, because I like those games. He'll call cover zero more frequently than he does when he's not drinking. So let's let's play more of those games, because at least I feel like I can compete at a much higher level and maybe sneak out a win. Obviously, happy for Remesu getting the title. Not happy that he continues to succeed in our division. So fuck those teams. Here's who really made me happy this season. Um, Toph. Toph. I mean, wow. He was 
an interception away from the Super Bowl. Uh, he flourished with the Tampa, Tampa Bay squad that I think a lot of people were writing off as soon as he lost Brady. Uh, you would not have expected to have continued and sustained success from him. Now, what surprises me is that I remember those Tampa Bay Buccaneers being like a staunch defensive team early in the cycle. Like you could barely score. They were frustrating as hell. They had this linebacker core that was just eating motherfuckers alive. And this year, it appears that his defense was 24th um, in points allowed, allowing 26 points a game. And it seemed people were airing things out on him. So his defense wasn't spectacular. He still has uh, put up some good, decent numbers against teams on the ground. But his offense is where he flourished to be number one in passing um, in the league with Higgins at quarterback. Excuse me, who? Who is this guy? Higgins? Is that even how I say his name? Dalton Higgins? 33 touchdowns, um, 4,000 yards. That is, that's pretty, that's pretty legit. So um, it's good to see that. Uh, 33 touchdowns, 32 interceptions. I was going to leave that part out. It's kind of a one-to-one ratio, which in red zone is no one's ever going like, whoa, one-to-one ratio. What stellar QB play. Um, But he was almost to the Super Bowl. So got to give that man his credit. And I will say, as it pertains to other two teams that I was really excited to see step up this year, uh, Carolina Panthers. So with Leak making a postseason push, got one victory, fell unfortunately to Remesu. Again, I was definitely cheering for him in that game. Um, It's good to see the Carolina Panthers have established themselves in the NFC. I'm not extremely happy about that as a person in the NFC, as a competitor. You know, uh, that's one more team that now can potentially take uh, one of those wild card spots. But they've got some pieces over there. So uh, I think Leak is definitely figured out what he wants to do. Uh, he got a little bit of criticism for trading away McCaffrey. But, you know, when I looked at Cam Akers, I'm like, this dude is a superstar running back, 90 overall, um, 25 years old, and uh, he's got some fucking game. So, and on top of that, he's got jukebox, which is still, I think, by far the cheesiest ability in the game. Um, So just looking at his roster, uh, I'm so sick uh, whenever I play him of seeing DJ Moore just go to town on my secondary. I mean, it doesn't matter if I have two defenders on him. I'll have Shaq on him and Jamal Adams, and then it's like this dude is DeAndre Hopkins on steroids, just mossing me, just getting every single completion, so I'm sick of playing him, but the guy is a fucking factor, and you love to see uh, somebody re-enter the league uh, and to be able to compete and to be able to shake things up, so that would be the second person that I was excited to see make the playoff push as I was sitting at home eating kettle corn on my couch, Last but certainly not least, while they didn't make much noise out uh, once they got into the playoffs, it's good to see Kelly kind of reestablishing himself. So that NFC South now with, I guess, Toff leaving? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Still uncertain about that. Um, It's up for grabs. And you got some good users in there. The NFC South definitely will be one division to keep your eye on. I don't know much about K-Fox other than he came in the chat throwing haymakers 
I mean, he like socked White Greg right in the temple. We haven't seen White Greg since. So White Greg is my boy. I'm hoping he gets up. I'm like, stop, stop. He's already dead. You know, it's like, damn, take your foot off of my man's throat. You finna have to jump this man, White Greg. He came in the chat immediately disrespecting you. It was like the first thing he said. He didn't even say hello. He came in the chat and he said, fuck White Greg. That's the first thing he said. And then doubled down on it. And then tripled down on it. Anyways, you get the point. So that's going to be an interesting chat feud to see how that progresses. Um, hopefully, again, we can keep it above the belt, y'all. Uh, White Greg, keep the, the silly theatrics talking about folks fam and shit like that keep that shit for the birds we don't support that type of uh, engagement in chat but we do support roasting the fuck out of people and we do support um getting on people's helmet so i'm gonna let you use your adult discretion on what that means those are the three teams that i was impressed by the teams that disappointed me most in the nfc the Seattle Seahawks, me, myself, and I, I'm not going to go into great lengths on why I am so disappointed and disgusted with myself, but when I traded for Derrick Henry, um, I said, wow, okay, now is the time to switch up my scheme and my approach here, um, and it worked not at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's second, he led the league, or he's second in rushing in the league, so Derrick Henry ate but where I overcompensated in some areas, if you go look at my passing stats, if you look at Russell Wilson throwing 26 interceptions, that's just, it's really, um, it's, it's not okay, to say the least. Uh, I cannot, it's inexcusable. There's no justification for having such an elite level quarterback and to be so trash with him. So definitely disappointed in the Seattle Seahawks. I would expect that I was the most disappointing user in the NFC from a personal vantage point. Um, and if I don't get voted that, then wow, y'all are tripping. But yeah, that was pretty disgusting. And I'm hoping for a better season, uh, much better this year. I mean, if you think about my previous seasons, nine and seven, nine and seven playoff appearances, those aren't great either. But I'm in the NFC West, so I'm giving myself a pass because I compete with two juggernauts. And then Jim, who has an amazing defensive team. It's not to say Jim is a bad user. Uh, Jim is actually pretty decent. Uh, I would say sometimes he can be a good user, depending on if he's not making mental errors like me, right? We both are prone to throwing interceptions, but Jim is a pretty good user and he is a even, he is a stellar GM. Um, so I will definitely commend him for putting together one of the most scary defenses I've ever had to play um, in any division I've been in. So nine and seven, make the playoffs. That's always the goal. Get to the playoffs. Anything's possible. Then I remember beating lefty's ass in the playoffs and being like, damn, this feels great. This is amazing. I was, I was in lefty's cheeks. I mean, I have like three touchdowns with Carson, four touchdowns. That shit was nuts. Lefty couldn't stop me. Man, it was like the Jordan River was parting out there. I think I might have been the reason Lefty left. I think that loss. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Lefty. You're much better than me. If you're listening to this, dog, I am sorry. I didn't mean to take it there. I miss you, dog. You were a great user. I appreciated your presence in chat. And fuck the advanced mafia. And also wishing you well with you and your fam. Um, other disappointments, the other two have to be the Washington football team. People got on weed because he wanted to have fun. They got on for the Chase Young trade. I'm not going to get on him for those things. What I am going to be surprised about is just why he has not um, demonstrated the level of kind of competitive uh, edge that I've seen in the past from him. So 
weed has in the past been able to say, here's what really works. Here's what I have to guard against because this game is poorly programmed. Um, he understands like where Madden's fall short. And you'll hear it in chat. He'll be like, this game is so dumb. Defenders do this. Defenders do that. But then we usually has a way to like make adjustments or ways to kind of reconcile where the EA programming and development team um, has let us all down. Um, so I would love to see that weed come back this cycle. Um, I know that with his job, his schedule, with the family, the dude's got a lot on his mind. Weed's my go-getter, my hitter, my ace. So uh, I just want to see him flourish. I want to see him compete at a high level in the NFC, and I want to see him talk his shit, you know? So I'm hoping that we will not continue to have uh, a season like the one we saw in the past, this most recently, but the season before that. I think he was 12-4, and 13-3, and three, not looking exactly at the numbers, but he had a good season, so we know he can compete at a high level. But let's see we make a deep playoff push. Let's see we back in the Super Bowl. Uh, that would be good for his tenure, uh, in red zone and for his legacy. So disappointed this season. I suspect he'll be back. Last but certainly not least, I got to say it. My man Spence, what's going on, dog? I thought you were going to make the leap this cycle, especially inheriting a Saints team. So I'm not exactly sure what it is because I played Spence a lot last cycle uh, and I played him once this cycle um, and he's not a bad user. So Hmm. What is it that is causing him to face such peril season after season? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I'm not checking for Spence in the same way I was talking about metal. Like I'm not like, oh, let me go watch the Saints game. Uh, I should be, I suppose, so that I can have a more informed take here. But I just he continues to surprise me by not being able uh, to get more eight and eight seasons, more nine and seven, 10 and six pushes, um, especially with the team that he had inherited. Now, I know he's made some questionable decisions in the past, but going out and getting Sam Darnold, that is huge. I am extremely happy for the guy. He did give up a little bit of a haul, but now you got Sam Darnold, you got, you still got camera and, uh, you know, you should be able to make something happen. Moji pointed out that he has, three uh, wide receivers who are 80 plus overall and he traded away Michael Thomas. So he got some collateral there. Uh, let's see what the guy's able to do. So with that being said, this podcast has already gotten extremely long and I'm going to save the content for post draft because it feels like that's an easy victory for me to keep my media content up and for me also not to have y'all listening to content for like 60,000 minutes of your day. Uh, so with that being said, shout out to everybody in Red Zone. Congratulations on making it through another season. I think we're about midway in the cycle. Um, so really looking forward to be surprised for folks to be able to kind of increase the amount of parity, so to speak, uh, in the league. I think Remishu getting a title is another indicator that if you maintain focus, keep at it, you too may one day be a winner. Uh, and for those of you who don't feel that in your loins, well, you just ain't cut from the same cloth and I feel sorry for you. Maybe you should take up a hobby like darts or throwing axes or making kombucha or something like that. Because if you don't feel like you can win, if you don't believe in yourself, here's the fun fact at the end of the day, no one else is going to believe in you. Wow. Damn. That's a sobering truth. All right, Red Zone. 
I am out of this motherfucker. I'm going to go to Whole Foods, buy me some cashews and a bunch of other things that I like to eat. Toodles.